It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Welcome back to the College Football Week 10 Recap. We are live. Brad decided to ghost out. So <laughs> I have Coach Nathan West, who did our Joe Rogan podcast. But we're yeah. not going to do that today. We have adult things to do today. Yep. Don't want to make the wives mad. Or wife and lady friend of yours. Girlfriend. Yeah, so if you guys have three hours to kill, go listen to that after the Bears game. <laughs> And then we're in talks to do another one yes. at some point. Yeah. All, so right. all right. I have to market, so I need to share out. So I'm over here marketing and producing oh, yeah. and hosting. And One of these days, I'll just be your Jamie, and I'll just sit there and fact check for you and do all kinds of fun stuff. Oh, if I could ever have a studio – and we could bring up the stats of like football stuff like that would you, me and Brad sitting there talking about pulling. Oh, that's the dream right there. Mm -hmm. 
but I uh, sponsors. We need a sponsor. Bang Energy. I drink it every day. You need to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> I'm killing my heart for you, and you're not sharing it. Hey, I will tell you this. I have gotten quite a few like Twitter followers. Like, well, not quite a few, like, but I opened up my phone today and I had like 30 notifications or something like that. Like people liking and retweeting my post about our governor, do as I say, not as I do thing. So. Oh God. Dude, that like blew up. There's a ton of people. Yeah. When your Twitter is like not private, people, other people that don't even follow you will see it. And like, I'm pretty hyped up. I have like a thousand one hundred followers, which I think is big time. But then I look at other people and they have like five thousand. I'm like, oh I'm nobody. Like that's not even a thing. Yeah, I'm currently working on trying to eclipse like the two hundred mark. But then again I just started my Twitter game. I originally had gotten it for track and now uh you know like obviously we didn't have a track season last year. So I would assume it would have been hopping last year. And then not being able to really do any workouts or anything, haven't been able to put anything out there that like people like that. Cause honestly, I could care less about politics. I really just want to get sports. But when politics interfere with my sports, then I guess I got to take a little bit more interest in it. Well, we'll get going after I say this. I've had a Twitter since it came out, if that tells you anything. Oh, dang. You're an OG twi- tweeter. So it's funny because if Brad was here, he can test to this. We made it ironically to make fun of it because that's when Facebook was big. So we're like, what is Twitter? And I think it was Griffin DeYoung who got it. So we got it to make fun of it because we were jerks because, you know, we're 18, 19 years old. And then I've had it ever since. I didn't tweet for like three years. So like I don't even didn't use it. You didn't even use the capabilities of your voice, Steve. Well, I didn't do it till coaching. I started to realize coaching, you get a lot of good stuff off of there. And oh, like absolutely. Sports updates and stuff. So that's what I use it for now is the podcast stuff now. But before that was just, oh, this coach put this video or this, this or that. or Because Facebook was the thing. Now Facebook has dropped off. Like, Yeah, I, yeah I, I steal a bunch of stuff from Twitter. And that's kind of where I find people that I like their material as far as like athletics. And so I will follow kind of down those ways and who knows how far the rabbit hole you get down, but it's pretty fun once you start like looking at, at different things, but we're not getting on that today on speed. <laughs> and <laughs> But yeah, that's what it always wraps up to. So I just put hot topics just in case there is any hot topics. Um, we can talk about it later on too. This college football playoff is going to be interesting. I said it last week. There's going to be a lot of one-loss teams that are going to be discussed. I sit here and say BYU needs to get in if they go undefeated. Um, I think, yeah, I think we we went to this playoff, right, because of the BYUs of the world. Because how many times does Boise State have a BCS bowl game and have this amazing showing? You know what I mean? They never got to play for that championship. So I'm kind of in the boat with you. And from what I see, I haven't watched them yet. I might try and go out of my way to watch them because they play so late at night. Um, is that that quarterback seems to be the real deal. I've watched them more than I ever have because they play on Fridays. So I don't mind staying up a little bit. They look good. They have like a junior senior offensive line. That they look like a Notre Dame offensive line, how big they are. 
Okay. And that quarterback has good mechanics. There was a good, he's just like uh, Clemson's quarterback, how he can just zip the ball in. Mm-hmm. He's pretty good. Um, it's their defense. It's a bend, don't break. So they're going to give up yards. It's Notre Dame in a BYU form. They give up yards, but they keep everything in front of them. They jump from a four down to a three five, and they keep everything in front. Um, but they have to play Army. They were supposed to play Army earlier in the year, and it got postponed because BYU had COVID cases. So they were scheduled it for later on. If they can beat Army by like 20 points, I think they should get in. But Army's you're gonna have Army's Army's pretty good. Or I mean they're they're pretty competent as far as like the armed services football teams. Like they're not bad at all. No, and that's why like you're in a, you're probably gonna have Texas AM sitting at one loss, and it's to Alabama. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have possibly well, Georgia is out now, I think. They're done. They lost to Florida, I think. Yeah, Georgia yeah. out. But you might have Florida sitting there at one loss, but that's Texas AM. Uh, and we'll probably talk about it later. Right now, Clemson has a loss. Now, yeah. championship game, whatever. Uh, but you have all these one, oh, and they already put Ohio State in. Like, and they're not even. I think Ohio State's number two in the nation right now, behind Notre Dame or behind <laughs> Notre Dame. Wow. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know if it was power rankings or what, but they were number two. And I mean, really, you know, we we talked about this before we got on here. Like they've we've we've alluded to it earlier. You've got to pitch a, a perfect game if you're a Big Ten school. You can't allow a hiccup. And there's some Big Ten schools that are heating that are heating up um, that are not your traditional Big Ten schools. You know what I mean? Like Northwestern's undefeated, Indiana's undefeated, um, Maryland's starting to play out of their minds. Like it might not be as easy as what they thought. Well, then I would love to put Wisconsin in there, and that was my other hot thing. I was livid about how the Big Ten's protocol is, and what if Ohio State has to play Wisconsin? I don't know if they do, but let's just say that happens and Wisconsin didn't play. Is it fair to put Ohio State in at 7-0 and or 6-0 and because they didn't play, but BYU played all their games and was undefeated? Right, and that's another thing that's interesting – does COVID does a non-COVID game like lower that strength of schedule and stuff like that? Now, and like I felt co- bad for that that quarterback for Wisconsin when he kicked Illinois' ass, but he was good though. He he looked really good, and then twenty-one day sit out that bothers me. Like, how can you do that when the guidelines say? 14 days unless you get negative tests. <laughs> Let's be honest, those guidelines, oh, we don't even have to go off on that tangent. But, yeah, those guidelines are so wishy-washy. Depending on who you are is what those guidelines are. Like Lawrence is tested negative, but the ACC, their thing is they have to pass some sort of a cardiology thing before they can, like, play. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, no, looking at Ohio State's schedule, they got Maryland and then they got Indiana. Like, you've got two hot teams in the Big Ten. And if Indiana can pull it off, whoever they play next week, um, look out. Like, I think I think they're the real deal. They talked about that guy. They basically said that he's kind of taken what the guys who went to Alabama have done, and, and he's still doing the same stuff. 
as far as like the speed and power and all that stuff. So it's good for them. And then another team I like, uh, and they're not going to make the playoff, is Coastal Carolina. I love watching them. They're undefeated, but they're not going to get in. But their offense, you would love. That'd be an offense you probably run in Westville. Like you need to watch it. It's okay. A lot of H back stuff. It's a lot of having H back that King formation where he's standing right by the quarterback and a running back behind him. Yeah, uh, they I mean, run some option stuff, and the guys have mullets. A lot of their guys have mullets. They've been on Pat yeah. McAfee. They call it Pat McAfee and all that. That's why he had that shirt on the other day on his show. Okay. Yeah, Coastal Carolina's fifteen. I mean. Who knows how high they slide up. If they don't slip, I could see a lot of these other teams dropping a game. Like, they could slip into the top ten, maybe. Maybe. Um, I know we're not going to talk about it because I didn't watch a lot of it. But what I did see, Oregon is in Oregon right now. Um, They did win. But people are talking about Oregon making it up there. But I'm watching them, and I'm like, I think BYU would beat them. Huh. Um. They weren't as fast up tempo as they used to be. They were more methodical, like let's take our time and well, what uh, are they you had coaches from Helfrich or because Helfrich was with the Bears last, so they've at least they're at least two removed from well, who who's that guy that was was it Brian Kelly? Oh Chip Kelly. Or Chip Kelly, there you go. Yeah, because Brian Kelly's at Notre Dame. Yeah, Chip Kelly. So they're two coaches removed from him, and he was the one that really did that. Helfrich was more, slightly more methodical. And then Stanford's play call sheet for their offense is like NFL because they run that freaking pro style. Yeah. And I think they just have too much going. That's why I don't like the pro style. There's too much going on. It's like we have to have plays for under center. Then we have to have plays for the spread. It's like pick one and stick to it. But yeah. Um, I don't know if there's any other topics because the other ones we're going to talk about anyway. I don't even. Yeah, no, I think, you know, honestly, just looking at the one loss teams, you know, uh, you're definitely going to have a one loss team probably in this playoff, if not possibly two. I can see Alabama going undefeated. I don't know of anybody that can unseat them. Like I'm just, you know, um, but Notre Notre Dame might not get unseated as well. Like that, you so you might have two undefeateds. If BYU can go undefeated, that would be your third. But I think that fourth team is going to be a one loss team. Yeah, the only team that could beat Alabama maybe is Auburn. And the only reason why I say that is because that is Nick Saban's thorn is Auburn. Uh, but the way Auburn doesn't have an identity right now, even though they're they have a good record, um. They don't have an identity on offense. Alabama does. And yeah. I still I still think it's gonna be Clemson and Alabama in the championship game again. Yeah, I think if there is a one loss team and there is an argument, it will be for Clemson because they did not have Trevor Lawrence when they lost. Right. And like we said, that that quarterback did great. But there is also a just dude. Trevor Trevor Lawrence is about as cool as the other side of the pillow. Like, there's no moment too big for him. I mean, he won a national championship as a freshman. Like, he's good. 
And I feel bad for him if he gets drafted by the Jets. I will feel so <laughs> bad for that kid. And we'll also feel bad for the Jets because this is their second quarterback they've taken in four years in the first round. Maybe the Bears can take him. You know what I was thinking? What if the Bears just said, you know what, to heck with this. We're just going to draft like great offensive linemen in the first round and then just Alabama players after that. Better left. Like, how many isn't, years, isn't how many the years Reds we all doing that? Like the yeah. Reds are basically their defense, and their defense is actually pretty dang good for a team that doesn't even have a mascot. Yeah, but how many years have us Bears fans have said we need an upgraded offensive line? And they go, Oh, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. No, we're okay. We're going to take this Division One AA flyer who's really athletic and really big for his position, and then he sucks. Or we're going to take – I'm going to go back on the Trubitsky thing. We're going to take a one-year starter at North Carolina who's never taken a snap under center and bring him in. And then put him under center. You know, like I feel like even like the Houston Texans, you know, when they had Deshaun Watson, they were more a lot more gun. And Bill O'Brien's most definitely a pro style guy. But or like uh Patrick Mahomes, he played at Texas Tech who never goes under center. And if you watch them, he does sometimes, but more often than not, he's in a gun. Yeah. Well, it just helps you out. It allows could you do an RPO system? From under center? Like, you wouldn't have that time to make that – like, because you'd have to drop back. You couldn't just stand at the line. Or you'd have to have yeah. one help center. Because some people think you could do, like, an option. Like, you know, at Oakwood, you know, we were under center. We turned. And with the fullback, some people think you could do that. Like, you're, you're reading the same guy and then throwing it. But right. in the NFL, I just feel like the defensive linemen are so good to push back on you mm-hmm. that it's never going to work. Right. So, I mean, that's why when you watch Kansas City under center, they do a lot of jet motion, and he's under center to do it. He's rolling out. Um, I wish we would have done that. Oh, wait, we did in 2018. We went 12-4. and four. Like, for God's sakes. like Yeah, well, you know. We also had Santa Slay and everything else, but then again, we were winning, you know. And to think about that, like that season, like if we don't play – if we – Trying to make sure this is worded right. If we don't play not to lose, and instead played to win, you win that great. Like that's a fourteen and two or a fifteen and one team. Mm-hmm. But instead, we get these big leads, 
and then just go to run the ball on first down, run the ball on second down, run the ball on third down, and then punt it and depend on the defense. And and that's just, you know, that was the difference. Indiana could have did that yesterday against Michigan. No, they didn't tuck their tail between their legs. They said, you know what, we got a 17-point lead, and we're going to keep this 17-point lead or add more on to it. Nope, and then there's then there's the Bears. Oh yeah. What what did you tell me? I told somebody your statement. We thought we were getting Andy Reid, and you said something about you're not gonna get the same thing in the kitchen if you don't oh, have the yeah, chef. Yeah, yeah. So you can have all the ingredients, but the chef is what makes it his own. You know what I mean? So like I can look at any recipe and and I can't remember who that is, if that was a Tony Holler thing, because he talks about sprint training. People ask him why he's so transparent. And it's like, I can give them all the ingredients. It doesn't mean they know how to mix it, you know, like, so we spoke, like, he speaks about that, like, training-wise. So, I tried to quote yeah. that, and I, I screwed it up. I told somebody that quote, and I screwed it up. But I was like, it's a good one. Well, that's all right. They can replay it at, like, 10 minutes into this thing and can hear it. All right, so... <laughs> We'll move on. Our Illinois sadness or Illinois pissed offness. Yeah. Uh, is Lovey Smith going to get fired? If we, we go over. You, yeah, well, you and I just talked about it. We were like, we looked at Illinois' schedule. If they don't win against Rutgers, they will not win again. <laughs> Either that or we're going to have to pull some big-ass rabbits out of some hats. Because we might have to pull an elephant out of a hat, to be honest with you. I mean, it's not looking good. And Rutgers didn't finish that game poorly yesterday. No, they're playing tougher than they ever have. And there's Illinois. Now, we don't have our starting quarterback. We don't have this. But, like, I don't even know if Peters would have done anything. No. No. Minnesota needed to win that game. You know, they had pretty high expectations going into the season. And then they had dropped, you know, one early. And it's just kind of, I don't know. Like, I was really confident throwing money down against Illinois yesterday. Because it's like the same old song and dance. We have nobody explosive, so we can really just we, – we have no explosive plays. Like you watch any big time football and you'll see a 35 or a 40 yard breakaway. We don't have that. We have five yard outs, five yard crossing patterns, deep in routes, but we have nothing that really takes the top off of the defense. And then we wonder why we can't score points and why they're loading up the box and why our offense just looks totally inept. Well, like, what was it, third and 15, and we ran shallow cross and threw it to the guy running a two-yard route? And I'm like, what is going on? Or, like, against Purdue when we have to score to tie it up, and the yeah. guy ran a route underneath the sticks? In high school, what are you supposed to do when it's fourth and something? Get to yes, the sticks. Five-yard hitch will turn into a 10-yard hitch if it's the sticks. Don't they know yeah. that? Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying is, is I just – you know, our best players are transfers, and I and I really think that that's going to dry up, right? Because, like, people – I know we talked about styles last week and, like, oh, you know, running's a different style of offense that isn't for pro – like, you know, the pro uh, style or whatever. But at the same time, winning gets you noticed. 
and we ain't doing any of that. As a matter of fact, we might go over this year, and you just put in this brand-new player facility, so proud of it, and we've just gotten exponentially worse. So, and like, like we're we not said, they're well, like it's just it's a cluster. And like we're not gonna go too deep into this because we don't want to get anybody to say anything. It just looks like they don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And Illinois was not one of the schools. I think Whit- you need to correct me because you live down there, and I try to read it. Whitman may have wanted to play, but it just seems like U of I as a whole did not want to play. It yeah. didn't seem like they were pushing for that. Like Ohio State was pushing for it. Nebraska, who Nebraska sucks too, but they wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Like Iowa wanted to play. U of I just looked like they didn't want to play. They were just kind of like, oh, if we play, we play. We don't, we don't. I think play. the university didn't. And I think that, you know, they have to support the platform of the state, right? And we both live in the state, so we understand what that is. We're literally the only blue thing in the middle of the country. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I think that the university has to go with that political flow. And, you know, like I got on there and like, you know, Pat Fitzgerald came out and spoke out for the let us play thing with the high school kids, you know, but uh-huh. you didn't hear anything out of the U of I. Yet they claim to be the flagship university and they say nothing, you know. So if I'm a, if I'm a kid in Illinois and I have a choice between Northwestern or Illinois, I'm going to choose the guy that was speaking out for me because what kind of a leader isn't all about like sitting there and like, Oh yeah, all things are fine and dandy. So I can, you know, I can lead you through this, but when the crap hits the fan, which is kind of what it is in this state, if I was an in-state recruit, which they already don't go to Illinois, but if I was, I would most definitely take notice of that and be like, you wouldn't even speak up for me when I was in high school. You know, well, that's kind of where, after this COVID year, is the COVID year is an excuse, or are they going? Is Whitman going to be done and say, "Look, we played. We have to treat it as such. This is supposed to be your best recruiting year." Because remember, these kids were older now; they're not young anymore. Yeah. Um, we just spent all this donor money to rebuild and get these nice facilities to try to keep up, which is fantastic. I mean, Whitman's doing the right steps, but. Whitman, that's Whitman's guy. He brought him in. Like he fired whoever we yeah. ha- we had just yeah, signed Bill a contract. Cuba. Bill Cubitt. Yeah. And Cubitt yeah. had actually went six and six after mm-hmm. the Beckham dumpster fire. But Cubitt was probably operating at his ceiling. I mean, I think the guys liked him. That's why they played hard for him. That was a whole nother debacle, but we kind of forgave it because we're like, oh, we have Lovey Smith. Like we have because you and I are Bears fans, like, oh, we have the old Bears coach. Like mm-hmm. He's a defensive mind. It'll be fine. And then. I think everybody in Illini Nation said that. We thought, because you you look at his staff, every coach that he had on his staff to begin with was in the pros. Hardy Uh Nickerson was an all-decade linebacker. Like, it isn't like these dudes didn't know football and didn't know how to coach. But I'm telling you, it's. At Illinois, we should be happy with a nine and three season, and just six and six could be the norm. If they ever, and that's why I'm. This could be the last thing because we're going to go. We could do this. We could do a whole. That's what oh. we should do. Is we should do a college football recap, and a line eye show, and then the <laughs> Bears. We'll get. Yeah. We'll send it to podcast networks. Like this is what it is. Like 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're well, rolling out. Uncut. Yeah, we're rolling out big Steve shows all the time. That's why this podcast is a hodgepodge. It's coaches, it's me, it's this. I don't care what it is. It's I don't care. Though those are the best podcasts to listen to. I love listening to the guys who have people from all different realms. Um, and those are the guys like now I have certain people if they're on a podcast, I will listen to that podcast no matter who it is. But um yeah, I think that's how you broaden out though. Like I know this is a college show, but we always somehow stream into something else and, and that's okay. Like it's all right. We're not professional yet. But like or we could talk for we could talk for hour or an hour on Illinois and we mm -hmm. could. We could be raw and uncut. We could do that if we had time, but we have lives. But raw and uncut Illinois would. But I don't know who you bring in for Lovey Smith. Like if you get rid of him and we said this. I don't know. Like, I mean, there's a lot of choices, but who's gonna want to come? That's gonna be the yeah. question. Well, of, and and so from what I understand, because I remember I threw out the Clemson offensive coordinator. And the reason I did that, okay, one, it's a dude who's had success, right? Because you got to bring in a winner. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's number one, in my opinion. And then number two, uh, it's got to be somebody who's somewhat young that brings a different energy. I mean, you look at the Clemson sideline, those guys have so much passion, and you can tell it's not fake. Like, it's genuine passion for the game. Um, and, like, that's why I threw that out there. The defensive guy won't leave. I mean, they signed him to, like, a ludicrous contract. Um, and I don't think he has any desire to be a head coach. I think he is because there's been quite a few places that have tried to get him. Yeah. Because I started to think about it. You got my mind thinking of who – who could you get? But then it comes down to who's going to leave or want to take it. Let's put it that way. Who's going to want to take it? And I, people talk bad about Zook. He could recruit at least. It was his coaching, mm -hmm. but he could yeah. bring some players in. We had some dudes go to the NFL. Yes, we from did. Him. And so I wish we could get recruits and then have someone coach him. Zook could recruit. He helped recruit Tim Tebow to Florida when he was there. Yep. Actually, that was his team they won the national championship with. Yeah, because Urban Meyer was, what, there for a year or two? Yeah, a year. But those were Ron Zook's recruits coming in. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing is, is I think you – in like the dream wish list would be somebody who has deep ties up in Chicago so we can actually recruit Chicago and get the good skills players from going to Notre – keep them from going to Notre Dame and Iowa and Wisconsin and Michigan. But, dude, the best recruits don't stay in the state. And I think the other thing is, is, you know, I saw this posted on Twitter yesterday and it was, um, you know, Tony Holler brought this up. Like, I like Lou Hernandez, the strength guy, and he knows way more than I'll ever know. But Illinois does the, we're going to get really big. And then look at how freaking slow we are. And when you got to play against good teams, you realize how slow you are. Doing squats doesn't make you faster. Like, I hate to tell him that, you know, and looking bigger does not make you faster. If that was the case, Arnold would be faster than Usain Bolt. Mm -hmm. You know, so Indiana has kept that tradition going. I think things are sliding that way, but I think you have a lot of traditionalists who are still, we're going to lift a lot of weight and we're going to do it really slow and we're going to be big. And we're the team that, you know, when we walk out on the field, we look good. 
and we look really big and then we get in basically track meet where we got to chase somebody down and we're just slower than slower. It looks like we're in quicksand. Yep. Uh, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know. I don't know who. It sucks. Um, I'd be happy with a seven-win season. That's just where I'm at. You know what? I'd be happy with a three-win season if they got that this year. But they ain't going to get that either. No, if they don't beat Rutgers, they're not they're... winning another game. Yep. Or win a game. Yep. Since you talked about Indiana, we can talk about it now. All right. So, what was the score here? I have it up. Indiana uh, won 38-21. Yeah. Convincing. And because of you telling me the strength and conditioning stuff, I look at the offensive line and I look at their blocking, and you can just see how their pass blocking was pretty good. They're keeping guys in front and they're moving. And when they ran the ball, there wasn't like a huge surge, but the Michigan defensive line wasn't getting anything either. No. Because Indiana's offensive line was getting to them quick. So that's what you're talking about. Like they're going quick. Yeah. And here in a year or two, instead of it's going to be quick and it's going to be now we're pushing you three yards down the field instead now. Yep. Yeah. And that quarterback for Indiana has a nice looking ball. Yeah, he does. He's a lefty. Throws you mm-hmm. off. You look at it. Oh, my gosh. It's a lefty quarterback. Because <laughs> every, every time they did a play action, I'm waiting for them to just see him throw it the other way. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, he's a lefty. Yeah. How many times I don't know if you I don't know how extensively you watch this, so I did not flip off from the Michigan Indiana game. That was that was I exclusively watched that game. As a matter of fact, because of the strength and condition, like I find myself becoming fans of the strength and conditioning staff, and then just getting to watch really good athletes run all over the field at a high level. Like that's pretty cool. But um, how many times they got Michigan to jump off sides and got a free play out of it? I wrote their that down. Like, were off of that. Like, it was unbelievable. Like, how they were varying their snap count. And it's like, how do you, as an Indiana, which athletically are as good, maybe even slightly better than a Michigan, but Michigan is this traditional power. How do you do things to give you an advantage, right? right. Snap count was immediately one of them. And then in the second half, they didn't have so many offsides penalties. Um, but still you could tell that they were, they were off the ball slower in the second half because of those snap counts. Right. Um, I wrote that down that they, because who's the defense coordinator in Michigan? What's his name? Uh, that's an older guy. 
Yeah, but he's a good defense coordinator. Like Michigan's defense yeah. is supposed to be disciplined. They're supposed to do this. And Indiana's like a basketball school. They're not supposed to be doing this. They're not supposed to be doing yeah. football stuff. Yeah. And they're doing that. And they ran a lot of shallow cross stuff. And their wide receivers, as soon as they got the ball, they were gone. Yeah. And that was a whole nother that's a whole nother thing. Like I'm going, I'm rambling. I'm just trying to remember. I I had the game on my laptop and then I had the USC. Arizona on the TV. Okay. So I was looking back and forth. Um. See, I forgot. But the snip, Indiana looks more disciplined than everybody else. Yeah. Did you see their head cool. coach's tackle on his player? That was a good form tackle. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but I mean, but you look at the passion. How often, okay, so when things are going good for Illinois, how often do you see Lovey Smith do that? He's very stoic. He's very – and so we've went from, like, the dumpster fire that's Beckman. We had Cubit for a year, and he was kind of fiery. And we went 6-6 six and six with a guy who probably didn't need to be a college head football coach. And then we get Lovey, very stoic, very, you know, we, we played real hard today. You know, he's got that southern draw. It's like this calm, this even keel. Not that I want a guy that like just yells at the players, but somebody that has some passion. Cause it literally looks like Lovey's like home base is just arms crossed, standing there, kind of with one foot behind the other. And he just kind of stands there. Yeah, I said that. I think I said that last week or the week before. When Illinois makes a play, they pump their chest and this and that. And I'm like, if I was Lovey, I'm. I would pull them like shut your mouth. Like we are zero two, or look at the scoreboard. Like don't be pumping your chest. Tackle them, butt slap, high fives and butt slaps, and then just go. Like yeah, Illinois does a lot of trash talking for as bad as they are. If you yeah, watch like, our players, like it's literally like the guy that you're beating by forty, and he's still running his mouth. Yeah, and then you watch Indiana; they just play. They're just playing, and then Michigan. Harbaugh's on the hot seat too, I think. If, yeah, like it's more like props to Indiana. I think when they play Ohio State, it may come down to Indiana and Ohio State. And whoever thought we would be saying that, like, <laughs> case like, one front base football right there, buddy. If Indiana can somehow get into that conversation, look out. But like, something's wrong with Michigan, and who do they play? Uh, hold on. I got it. Well, oh, they play Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. That's another loss because Wisconsin so, won't win that. So let's say we're going to go, we're talk Wisconsin or, or Michigan. Yeah. They play Wisconsin. Let's say they lose to Wisconsin. Well, now you're sitting at one and three. Yeah. And then you got to play Rutgers, who's been playing well. Then you play Penn State, who sucks. Yeah. Then you play Maryland, who's playing really good. Yep. Then you're going to lose to Ohio State at the end of the year. So they could go sub 500. And if they go sub right. 500, he's gone. Like, I know, like, I kind of, like, drank a little bit of the Kool-Aid with you guys saying he wasn't on the hot seat last week. But then I was like, the more I thought about it during the week, I was like, dude, if he loses to Indiana, that's not supposed to happen. Not at Michigan. That doesn't happen. 
and um, that that seat went from warm to I think it's freaking scalding hot. He's got to beat Wisconsin and somehow have a good showing against Ohio State and not get beat by anybody else. Yeah, like it's funny you said that. I said he wasn't on the hot seat. And then as the week went on, I actually thought of it. I was like, well, he kind of is. It's warm. Uh, but I didn't think they were going to lose to Indiana. That's why I said that. I was like, oh, they're yeah. not going to do It's not going to happen. And then yesterday, now it helped my team parlay because I picked Indiana. I have I always pick one of Boy. like three teams. I, th- I have like two of them. One of them is like upsets. Like I take the team that's not supposed to win. Yeah. So for that one, I picked them. And then the other one, I just left it alone. Just because I started to think about it, and I was like, "Well, it's Michigan; they could screw it up." Uh, the yeah. only way they're not going to get rid of Jim Harbaugh is because they still may have to pay him. And if you yeah. owe him a lot of money, that's why. Uh, uh, what's his face is still at Oklahoma State. Oh, Gundy. That's because they they have to pay him no matter what. So I think they're thinking, "Well, might as well keep him because we're owe him a lot of money." Yeah, because he can just go be a freaking analyst somewhere basically for free and coach with a bunch. So I would pick him up pretty fast. So he's a pretty fiery dude. Yeah, and, and Jim Harbaugh was a fiery guy at the 49ers. And then as it goes goes on, he just kind of stands there. and Yeah. And, um, the defensive coordinator is more fiery, and he's way older. Dude, if could you imagine if the Big Ten like hawked over mass? like the NFL does, because Michigan, oh. their whole team would be freaking fined right now. Because at one point, they just had no mass. Like, they were just – it was something else. I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't – I don't – like, even, like, Dabo, like, he had his mask on until he's mad, and then he takes it off to yell. In my mind, I'm thinking, that defeats the purpose of wearing it. Yeah. And then when the team walks off to the offensive coordinator or the defense coordinator, they're taking them off to talk. And I'm like, that defeats the purpose of wearing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're all tested a ton during the week. I guess I'm not getting why coaches need to wear it. You know what I'm saying? Somebody said it's because since the players are on the field interacting with another player, if now, what is it, 15 minutes, you have to be around that person for 15 minutes straight. Yeah. Close proximity. I think they're thinking it's supposed to save them because a player's around a player. They're breathing in, and then they go over to the coach. If that coach breathes in, they're whatever. And so I think they're trying to make them wear it during the game. But I'm like, isn't the rule 15 minutes? Like if you're around somebody that has it, it has to be straight 15 minutes. Wasn't it? Wasn't there some place that basically because you know they're tracking player movements all throughout football. And like, so they're just putting a chip, like a GPS chip under their shoulder pads. And I think for a full game, like you're only within like six feet of a player, like seven minutes of the game or something like that. There was some sort of a study out there. I can't remember exactly what it was, but they were talking about it. I know that's dangerous talking on a podcast without remembering the source, but I saw that somewhere. I thought that was really interesting because if you think about it, I mean, if you're in the no huddle, so you're not huddling up, like Notre Dame is more at risk because, you know, they huddle up traditionally. Like, um, but if you go like a no huddle or a muddle huddle, you're pretty well spaced out. 
Um, I was going to say something. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, about the source thing. Like, I don't know who to trust anymore because there's like 10 different sources. And yeah, that's where politics comes in because, you know, not to get political, they say we have a president, but then you see something. Well, we're not even done counting the votes yet, but then they say we have one. So I don't know. I don't think you can believe any media for that. I'd like to think that my sports studies are not influenced by the political spectrum. Don't ruin that for me, Steve. <laughs> you know, this is what we should do. See, now we're getting off. Have a podcast with all these topics. We'll start our own sports news thing, and we'll give them the facts. It may take us longer, but they're going to get the facts. And we'll call it Steve's JTF episode, Just the Facts. Just the fucking facts. That's what we'll call it. JTF. Yep. The, the F is silent. Yes. Oh, it's a more of a PH. More of a PH puck. <laughs> yeah. But but anyway, um, because of you yeah. telling me the strength and conditioning stuff with Indiana, I was really looking at that. What you described to me on the podcast we did just in that brief thing, I was watching him for that. Like, he's right. They look faster. They have this explosion. Um, the quarterback's mechanics, it probably helped him with that because he's got stronger legs and quicker yeah. release and this and that. And 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 they're, they don't panic. Like I said to you yesterday about Clemson and Nordam, I said, who's going to flinch? And Indiana doesn't flinch. Well, and it comes from their head coach. Well, and if you think about it, so like if you really start thinking into like heart rate and stuff like that, and like the science behind a no huddle, and you know, if 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 they know how, if you know how to sprint train, you know how important recovery is. I'm going to tell you that right now, like because sprinting is the most physically demanding thing a human does. Not running, not jogging, sprinting, basically can make your whole body like shut down. So when you get in, you know, because you're challenged so neurologically all throughout your body, it's a total body thing. And um, I guarantee with sprint training, they also know how to rest and they know how to recover and they know how to recover in short, brief moments. And so um, and this is going to sound crazy, but you teach kids how to breathe and how to drop their heart rate and you can drop them 40 beats in 25, 30 seconds. Um, you can play at a way higher level because of that. Now, I don't know if they do that, but that is something that that I have started working with our kids on. I can drop about 40 beats per minute in 30 seconds when I work out. So, I mean, it's definitely doable. It's definitely trainable. Um, so I don't know if that's something, if, you know, they, they work on, you know, that breathing in between plays when they're standing there looking over at their offensive coordinator signaling it in or whatever, but I'm telling you, there, there's most definitely something to it. Yeah. And then they did a lot of check with me. And I think that's the thing to beat Michigan is Indiana was doing a lot of check with me. Um, Michigan was playing a lot of zone. They weren't playing a lot of man. They're known for zone, and 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I feel like Michigan has that bend, don't break defense. And if it, if their offense doesn't pick it up, then they're going to break. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a part of it was Michigan probably overlooked Indiana because it's Indiana. Like yep. I know they beat Penn State, but Penn State is down. Yeah. And so kudos to Indiana. Who thought we'd be sitting here? And uh, I was trying to find that quarterback. Like he was. They threw the ball fifty times. Yeah. What did he complete? Yeah. Like. 62 or some odd percent of his passes like he was that's pretty freaking good for an indiana because you're not getting any major recruits at indiana no he was 30 of 50 342 yards and three touchdowns no interceptions yeah and then their schedule they play mrs or uh michigan state who i think they can beat michigan state they're down yeah then they play ohio state and that's going to be the game a good one and who and then, knew we'd be saying that? And then looking forward to you got Ohio State playing Maryland, and then they've got to go play Indiana the next week. Mm-hmm. So is this week interesting for Ohio State? You've got a couple of teams who it's going to be hard to get up because of their name, but I'm telling you, it's kind of like when they slept on Illinois. That could be like this Indiana team. Yeah, so, uh, Ohio State's got an interesting – or uh, Indiana has an interesting schedule. Michigan State, Ohio State, and then right after Ohio State, they have to play Maryland. And then right after Maryland, Wisconsin. Dang, yeah. So if they can – if I mean, if they even split that for Indiana, that's great. You uh-huh. know what I mean? But if they can come out and only have one loss out of that whole thing and that one loss is too – uh, Ohio State, that's really impressive for Indiana. And you've got to be happy if you're an Indiana fan just because that's headed in the right direction. Like you can see it. Everything's energized. Players are fast. Illinois are big. We're big. Well, I can never be an Indiana fan, but I'm sitting there going, I wish I could, but I yeah. can't. But I don't – because we grew up hating the Hoosiers, so I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a part of me is like being a, now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, I can watch them. But like a part of me is rooting for them a little bit. Like, I hope yeah. they make some noise. If they, if they, if they beat Ohio State somehow, that's going to make that coach football really interesting. Well, and I mean, everybody likes an underdog, right? And so mm-hmm. like Indiana is kind of that, like you look at the Big Ten Conference, it's always been Penn State. Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa. Now, Iowa's doing well. Michigan's down. Penn State's almost abysmal. Um, And then you got Ohio State. So it's kind of nice to see some cream rising to the top and not the normal cream. This would be like not like your French vanilla. This is like a pumpkin spice or something like that, you know? That totally threw me off because that's perfect, but that threw me off. Um, 
it's kind of like Illinois, like you already said, Illinois in 2007 when we beat Ohio State or whatever. That's kind of like what's going on. Is well, And Indiana will be dangerous. So I'm telling you, in sprint base, the whole thing is to prioritize rest. And, like, they talk about um, – so we were at a – so I, when I went to my RPR clinic, uh, one of the guys, Cal Dietz, was talking about basically how um, one of his best friends, his son, is going to play Ohio State as a linebacker. He had offers from Clemson and all this stuff. The reason they're recruiting him is because he can run like a 4-4-40 as a high schooler. And he was like, what's going to happen is he's going to go to college and he's not going to get any faster. Like most guys, their peak speeds are in high school when all they're doing is speed stuff. Then they get to college and it's all about getting big and, you know, all this stuff. And is it really about that? You know, like, mm, I don't know. I can understand needing to be able to handle some things, but I think they try and get them too big and then they lose what they recruited them for. And a lot of your really good collegiate guys were track runners in high school that are still just fast from doing track in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Sorry. I was looking at my banners. I hit oh, the wrong one. Uh, I know you didn't watch this one, but I could talk about it for a second. Um, yeah. Did you know Marvin Lewis was co-defensive coordinator for Arizona State right now? Marvin Lewis from the Bengals. And then, uh, yeah, and then uh, what was his what's his face? His last name is Pierce. He was a linebacker for the Giants when they won the Super Bowl. Antonio Pierce. Mm-hmm. They're co-defensive coordinators for Arizona State. Wasn't that Antonio Pierce the guy? Wasn't he in the club with Plaxico Coburris when Plaxico shot himself in the leg? Yeah, I didn't know that. I was watching this game, and I think it was after halftime. that They must have said it during the game, but I had the Michigan one on. Mm-hmm. And they showed them on the sideline – or showed uh, uh, Pierce on the sideline. Then they're like, oh, yeah, co-defense coordinators this year. This is what uh, Herm Edwards has brought in. And hmm. I was like, wow. And then they were talking about it. They were like, they're not doing – they said Marvin Lewis isn't doing this for the money. He has a lot of money from the Bengals. He don't need uh, – I thought that was interesting because Arizona State's defense looked good. Yeah. That was mine. Whoops. Um, but USC won 28 to 27. And Arizona State was up 24-14 for a long time. And their defense looked good. They flew to the ball. They could tackle. And I was like, okay, this is why you're seeing Antonio Pierce and Marvin Lewis. Like, mm-hmm. And USC just didn't look like – they have uh, Graham Harrell as their offensive coordinator. Oh, wow. That's um, a big guy, right? Yeah, he was the quarterback for Texas Tech who won yeah. Michael Crabtree's pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was OC at North Texas for two years, maybe. And then they brought him on last year as OC, and then he's there again. Me and Brad talked about it. They're like, oh, they're bringing that air raid to USC, and it's not going to work. Well, Graham Harrell runs a different air raid. He has tight ends. He has H-backs. They're going to do zone. They run a ton of inside zone and wide zone. Hmm. It's an offense I would run, like air raid concepts, but you have running. Um, And then Arizona State, they just don't have a lot of threats on the outside. So the reason why they were winning was because they could run the ball. Their quarterback was running. 
and they could tackle. Okay. USC came back and won 20 to 27 when they were losing and they came down and scored. So it was like 21 to seven. They, they do an onside kick and they got it. US, Arizona state. I'm, I'm going to describe to you Arizona state. Everybody runs to block the guy. Their guy, instead of running to get the ball, he dove for it instead, went off his fingertips, um, and a USC guy come running around the sideline and jumped on it. Gotcha. And then they score in three plays or four plays. Like, they just went down and scored. And then it's 28-27, and Arizona State just has no wide receiver threat to, to run deep and just won. But USC should not have won. Arizona State looks pretty good. And okay. you need to look at the highlights, but it was really good. Um USC is another team that if they don't win a lot this year, he's gonna, that guy's going to get fired. Yeah. Um, USC. Because they, they were 7-6 and six last year or something. That's not acceptable at no. USC. No. You're supposed to be playing in the Rose Bowl if you're USC. Like that's right. I just wanted to bring it up because I was like, oh, I didn't know that's where Marvin Lewis was. I didn't know that's where. It's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. Um, but you need to look at their defense. They flew to the ball. They could tackle. They disguised it really well. Um, USC, though, has a good running back. They ran a lot of wide zone. He could cut up the field. It looked like uh, 49ers from last year. That's how good it looked. Um, they threw some good balls. It's an offense I'd run, and it was just a good game. I just wanted to highlight it. Like, it was yeah, better no, than what I thought. I, I think there was quite a few, like, good games yesterday, to be honest with you. Like, I, like, I mean, it's nice to see the pack. 10, Pac-12, whatever. Uh, yeah, who knows? Because, uh, like, they're out on the West Coast, so I guess I really don't pay that much attention to them. I know Oregon and USC, Arizona State, because they came to Illinois and played one year. But Yeah, so I just wanted to highlight that. It was a, it was the onside kick. That was because I'm watching it, and I'm like, they're not going to get it. Nobody gets the onside kick. And it's just seeing that Arizona – well, just seeing the Arizona State guy – but, like, as a coach, I'm like, you sprint behind that wall and just grab the freaking ball instead of diving. He, like, dove for it, went off, and they got it. And <laughs> it was frustrating. So did they do the one-hopper so they got, like, the big second jump? Is that what they did, like, pounded the ball into the ground? and It was a quicker one, so it was, like, boom, boom, and then it popped up. It was actually really cool. Like, it went straight. But it took, like, a like the second bounce kind of went up, and I think that's why he dove for it. But, like, that wall was perfect. Like, you know, when you return an onside kick, you're supposed to run up and hit the guy. They're supposed to come get it. But I would tell our my guy to just sprint and grab it. If you run into your own guy, run into your own guy. Yeah. Like, but then they didn't block the USC outside guy, and he leaped onto it, too. So when he missed it, he was already there jumping on it. Gotcha. Yeah, because with all those limitations on like kickoffs and how many people you can have on the side, this kind of changed onside kicks a little bit. Yeah, um, they used to be really, really exciting to watch, and then I, I it's just automatic that the other team's going to get or the receiving team's going to get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, now this one you watched more than I did, but I got to see some of it. Was Florida and Georgia? Watch some real football. Because <laughs> I was on at the same time as Illinois, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the three o'clocker. Oh yeah, that was the one where before halftime I was like, Illinois is done. I'm done watching it. 
soon as Minnesota got 21, I was committed to the Florida Georgia game. <laughs> um, so since you watched it more than I did, I got to see some of it. We were going to somebody's house to see their kid, and yeah, so I had I was I was the jackass on my phone, like looking at it, like I gotta watch this. Hold on, yeah. So I watched half, and then I went grocery shopping. So the first half, when I left, it was like 21-21. I came back, and it was 42-21 Florida. And I was like, oh, Florida decided to explode. But can I just be honest? I hate their two-quarterback thing. Like, the Trask guy's good enough. Just let him just sling the ball around. Like, they bring that guy in. Like, you know it's a run. They, they, they bring the one dude in. Like, I hate to say this, but, like, you just know it's a run. And I guess they're yep. probably setting something up later down the road, but I just I can't stand the two quarterback. We're gonna bring this guy in to exclusively just run the ball. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it because then in my mind, you're taking away practice time because you have to practice that. You're taking yeah. away practice time from the starting quarterback, and then you're taking time away from the backup to actually learn the offense that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a big fan, of, like you said, like. I'm trying to find their – looking up their schedule. I mean, I don't know what they're saving up for because now Florida plays Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee, and LSU. Oh, wow. Or Because the LSU one was rescheduled. Right. So I can understand if you're Florida and like, oh, we got to play Alabama in two weeks. Let's just add something that they're not – whatever. What are you saving it for? Yeah. I did. Does SEC have a championship game this year? See, I'm not ready for the media world. I don't know. <laughs> That's all right. It's better for you to search and know than to say something and be wrong. So I tell my kids all the time, you're only as good as the information you can find. Because <laughs> they, they honestly, like they – yeah, I just don't get it. Like, I could understand if, like you said, they were playing somebody, but Kentucky might give them some fits, depending on it, wherever that's at. Um, but Tennessee ain't very good. Arkansas isn't very good. LSU's down. But maybe they can figure it out by the end of the year. Uh. Yeah, um, December 19th, SEC championship game in Atlanta. So maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe you're right. Maybe they're like, oh, but. I said, me and Brad said this with Notre Dame and Louisville. I said I would never watch Notre Dame the rest of the year because of how boring it was. They ran the same formation and same run play over and over. And I said, are they waiting for Clemson to open up the playbook um, and all yeah. that? And so if you're Florida, now Florida was undefeated and all this and that, maybe, but it's also COVID. You might as well just do it. Like, my opinion right. is just as you put that guy in, don't save it. Might as well put him in, run what you're going to run, and guess what? Now Alabama has to practice that. They're going to waste even more time. So let's say they put him in and do a Tim Tebow thing, you know, the you know run and jump pass. Yeah. Yeah. So Alabama practices for that or this. And then the next time you put him in, you do something completely different that they're not ready for. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I could almost see if it was like a goal line type thing, but I mean, they'd be like the 35 or the 40 yard line to run like a quarterback, like basically a pin and pull, just 
we're just going to let you be an athlete. And like, I guess it serves a purpose, but the, but the trash kid's pretty good. He can throw the ball and, and even without his best receiver, because the Pitts kid got hurt. He got concussed. Yeah. I feel bad for him. He's going to be an NFL guy. Uh, he's yeah. He's the real freaking deal, dude. I like watching him. He's he's like receiver in his route running and his ability to control his body, but he's six foot six. Um, but you know, unpopular thing. I said this, and then I saw somebody else say it. He's kind of like Aaron Hernandez when he played for Florida. Like he's he yeah. can run routes, regardless of what he did. I'm not trying to right, whatever, right, but, whatever. But the way he plays, it's like exactly the same, if mm-hmm. not better. He plays hard. I mean, like, it sucked to see him kind of get knocked out of that game. Um, And it was – was that – because there was a couple of vicious hits in that game. There was one where a dude came in and lost his – oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that was this play that I'm thinking of. It wasn't like it was malicious by any means. They were both just – they were both playing for the ball. And it just happened to be nasty contact. So I'm getting off of the Florida topic. Me and Brad talked about this, and I think you talked about it with us last time. Georgia has now set up two losses, so they're done. Mm-hmm. They run that pro-style offense. Is it time for them to get away from that? Because they have the defense to compete with people. Right. And then there's times where they just – the one year when they went to the national championship, they had three running backs where they could go score whenever they pleased. Yeah. Now you're in a situation where – what was that? And an amazing defense. They right. they had a really good defense. Is it time that they get away from a pro style and try to do something else? Because I said they need to change their offense a little bit to start doing what an LSU did. Yeah. Um, but I also said they need to start. This is what Clemson did. Dabo said we cannot recruit to win the ACC. We have to recruit to beat Alabama. As long as Nick Saban is around, we have to recruit. Kirby Smart recruits for a defense, and they don't focus on the offense. Yep. I'm sorry to tell you, offense defense is catching up with offense, but then offense comes up with something else. And if you don't recruit for offense, look at Alabama. Look, when is the last time Alabama had the number one offense? No. I don't even – because they've depended on their defense so much. I mean, they normally have one really, really, really good wide receiver and a really good running back, which, by the way, I was listening to you on Brad's thing. I think that running back you were talking about with Alabama was Bo Scarborough. Okay. That big guy you were talking about, you guys couldn't figure it out. That was Bo Scarborough. That's was, why I can't be in the media. Yeah. That's why I'm not meant to uh, – that's why these, these are BSs. This is our opinion. This is not factual all the time. This is uh, – <laughs> Yeah, but, no, I, I think, honestly, like, well, it's just – I think the years of being able to win a championship with only having an elite defense – is very few and far between. And I think Alabama realized that. I think Alabama had to play against LSU last year and realized, oh, what happens if we throw the ball? Uh 
And then they have a dude because we can sit here and say like, oh, you got to have like a great quarterback to do it. What if you just have to have a quarterback that's really coachable? Because the quarterback Alabama has ran the freaking wing tee in in high school. So it wasn't Uh like throwing the ball 40 times a game in high school. So I think you just need a kid that's willing to progress, be a slight run threat. They don't even have to be fast. They just have to be smart. Well, like um, the best quarterbacks, if you want to talk about athleticism and, and stars, was Hertz and Tua for Alabama. Those are the only two quarterbacks off the top of my head where they were this five-star recruit. And I think that's because of Lane Kiffin. But, but, but before that, what was it, Parker and this and that for Alabama? You had um, A.J. McCarron. Um, yeah, you had like some – I don't even know. Like you couldn't like name they don't, they don't you produce, name the backs. Well, like they ran NFL-style offense, but they didn't produce NFL quarterbacks. Two was in the NFL, but that's probably the last and, – and Hurts. But like you don't really see Alabama quarterbacks. You see Alabama defense and Alabama running backs and wide receivers. Yep. So they do things built around their quarterback. And Nick Saban has said it a million times. He's like, there's stuff on offense that's happening that on defense we just can't stop. It's just going to happen. Yep. So I think Georgia just needs to accept it and say, okay, we're they're close. They are very close to knocking off Alabama. Yeah. And so Kirby Smart needs to sit there and think about it and go, well, we have the defense. Now we got to focus on the offense oh. because they played two quarterbacks yesterday, it shows. Yeah. Uh that Bennett kid who's struggling now, and then they played Mathis, who I, Yeah, I, don't know. I think, you know, there's such a hit or miss when it comes to quarterbacks, right? Like, even like, you know, Spencer Rattler for, from Oklahoma was supposed to be like this amazing thing, but then, like, when you watched him on the QB1 thing, I just kind of viewed him as kind of a spoiled brat, really. Mm-hmm. Um and then you look at like Oklahoma and like what he's having to do. And it's like, eh, you're not really doing all that much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's Oklahoma. Yeah. They're going to be good, but put Oklahoma in the, the sec this year, put them against, you know, they would struggle. Um, Before we move on, did you see Skip Bales's tweet about Oklahoma is playing the best football? He said, congratulations, Notre Dame. But the team that's playing the best football right now is Oklahoma. And so Skip. I read I, <laughs> I love Skip Bayless when he was with ESPN. And then the more it goes on, the more I'm like, you're you're losing it. Like yeah. the more and I retweeted it and I said, Oh, so I guess Bama doesn't play good. BYU's not playing good. Like Oklahoma's lost two games. Don't get me started. <laughs> they're not yeah. playing any, they're not playing anybody. Right. Right, and the first, the first and the second time I had to play somebody, they lost. So it's kind of like, okay, you know, how good are you? You know, um, I don't know. I and so the other thing is, is like I always look at it like with Georgia to the next level. Like, okay, what are you guys doing as your strength and conditioning? Are you guys trying to just get bigger? Because I'm going to tell you, you will not catch Alabama if you don't get on, on the sprint base thing pretty quick. Because I got the best guys in the country for that. But what you know Kirby what I mean? Smart Kirby Smart should know this from being in Alabama. 
Well, those guys just got there this year. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, that's the thing is, is like, you've seen this huge change in Alabama. They've literally been there since April. For some reason, I thought it was a year. So, that's just me being stupid. No, no. like, they left Indiana this past spring break because I was supposed to go over there over our spring break and meet with them. And I was going to talk sprint based football with them. Hey, during that during that five hours of talking we did that wasn't recorded, it was hard to remember everything. Yeah, no, no, uh, but yeah. So like, you can either get on or you're gonna constantly be, constantly be playing catch up because now you've got a team that's getting the elite recruits and they're not just making them these big ass caveman that can't move. Like, they can move at a different level than other people. It's funny you bring that up. Georgia has some big players on their defense. Then their offense has big players, but they don't move. Now yeah. that you're bringing that up, now that I'm thinking about it, that's what it looks like. And then it looks like, and you correct me, it looks like Florida can move. Oh, yeah. They're very athletic. They're really athletic. Um, so, I mean, that, you know, that's the thing is, is I think if, if, you're trying to bring workhorses to the racetrack on a Saturday to play Alabama. Uh, yeah, you might do good for the first half, and then all of a sudden your workhorses are going to get tired, and they were already slower. Now they're going to be way slower. And, you know, that's just the good analogy. You don't take a quarter horse to go plow a field. And just like you don't take a freaking Clydesdale from the Budweiser thing to go run the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> oh, but Georgia's got to change something. Their defense is there, even though they yeah. gave up 40 points. But I think it's kind of like the Bears. If you rely on your defense so much and these kids are 18, 19, 20, 21, yeah. they're going to break. And Florida has a good offensive play caller. They have a good offense. They broke. You don't have an offense to back it up. Well, they clearly broke out somewhere because, like I said, it was 21-21. I come home as 41-21. I was like, whoa, like, all this took off real fast. I mean, Florida, like, I think now you've got to look for kids that just have elite speed mm -hmm. because you've got to have somebody that can freaking take the top off a of defense. And if you hit one of those in the college, like, even in the pros, it's huge. But, like, you look at, like, how much, you know, Tyreek Hill is important to the Kansas City Chiefs. Is he tall? No. But he's really fast, and he's really good in space, and he can break a game open. And I think we're so caught up in this size and all this stuff. And I, I'm sorry. It's, it's hard to catch. Like, Tyler Lockett's like a little jitterbug. You know what I mean? Like, and totally effective. <laughs> Well, and then you need a guy that's fast that will blow off the defense. And then I think you need a deep threat guy. So, like, Alabama, they've always had one guy that could do that. Yeah. And then this Alabama team has two or three now. This is the best total wide receiver core they've ever had. And so – Without they could take the Without – Yeah, so they could – Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Waddle or Waddle, whatever his name is. There you go. Waddle. There you go. Yeah, Judy graduated last year. Yeah, so now Alabama has a guy that can go deep. Then they also have the the Tyree Kills of the world that can motion and get the ball and they can run jet sweeps. Because Nick Saban, I've read Nick Saban's books. 
He always talked about he will never go to what he is now. Like what's happening now, he said from the get-go, it will never happen. They want to run the ball. They want to do this. They want to do this. He realized that's not what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And you've got Georgias of the world that haven't adapted yet. You've got Tennessees that are slowly adapting, but they're not there yet. Um, you got Illinois that refuses to do it. But like it's just they're Illinois, so you just don't even worry about it. <laughs> now, now this this next one, I watched all of it. Yeah, beginning to end. Unbelievable game. Uh, Clemson Notre Dame, and I had Brad. This is probably why he's not here. I had to wear. <laughs> he hates Notre Dame with a burning passion. Well, then this would have been a tough one to get through for him. Because he texted me, and then when they won, I sent him the uh, Shamrock emojis. I was like, hey. Because I'm not a fan fan, but I always said this. People watch the Cowboys, and they watch Notre Dame. They hate them, but it's on your TV at some point. So Yeah, they got that national contract. You can always yeah. see a Notre Dame game. So I got this like a year ago, and I was like, I knew there was going to be a moment where I had to wear it. And today was the day. Yeah, dude, Notre Dame, you know, like, so I had not watched them this year up until this game. And you guys were talking, what I envisioned, what you guys were talking about, like the three tight ends and stuff was totally different than what we saw last night. Like they, they move guys around. They have that pre-snap shift that they do, where they line up in something, then they shift into it. I mean, they do a good job basically putting sprinkles on the icing, you know what I mean? Like it's just like a glazed donut, but then they put sprinkles on it that make it look better. And I and that quarterback, um, it really, I mean, he he impressed me. Like I, I was like, okay, this kid can move. Like, um, me and Brad do the short dummy version. But since you and I coach, no offense, Brad, they still had their tight end. When I was at Charleston, we played Effingham. They run a pro style, but they have two or three tight ends too. And they'll mm-hmm. shift and they'll pull all of them over to one side. Yep. Now, I didn't talk about that with Notre Dame. That's what I knew Notre Dame did stuff like that. But I think Notre Dame last night spread it out a little bit too. Um, but Notre Dame's really good at numbers. When you look at their offense, like where where can we move a guy real quick to get over there? Um, And this is Ian Book's third year, I think. Okay. And so he's veteran. So like that fumble he had was like a fluke. He is stone cold. Like, and I knew he could run. And this is the third Notre Dame game I've watched. I watched at the beginning of the year against Duke. Against Duke, they try to do too much. And then against LSU, they just, or uh, Louisville, they didn't do a lot of shifting. They just said, we're going to line up with our three tight ends and boom. Yep. Uh, and they're usually they huddle sometimes, but they were more no huddle. And in this game, they went back to huddling because they wanted to keep it away from Clemson. Yeah, yeah, you could tell that they were playing. They they were trying to limit their touches. You could, yeah, you could definitely see that. I think they even made a comment about that in the broadcast, like, you know, hey everybody, here's a huddle. Like this is what it looks like. <laughs> um, but I said if no, if Notre Dame could run the ball, they had a chance. Yeah. And they did. Uh, 
the running back uh, Williams had 140 yards. Then Ian Book on his own had 68 yards. So I said, if they can do that, if they can sprinkle it out, they would have a chance. And then their defense, and you probably saw their defense keeps everything in front of them. They didn't yeah. want anything back. They want to keep it in front and make plays. And if it takes Clemson eight minutes to score, that's what they were going to do. Like, we don't want them to do this. And they got a big defense. Notre Dame has a big, fast defense. Yeah, they do. How many shoestring tackles did they get where Clemson was so close to breaking it? Yeah, no, or just tripping them up, swiping at a foot. Yeah, it was – they did a good job, like, with ETN because, honestly – Watching Clemson's games here the last few weeks, like ETN normally doesn't get touched until he's like three yards downfield. Mm-hmm. And this game, he was having to alter where he was going early. Like there was no room up the middle. Um, they did a good job. And so then they made him have to catch swing passes and run little short option routes and stuff like that. And I think Clemson did a good job actually like, switching that up and realizing like, okay, we just got to find a different way to get our guy the ball. Um, Cause I, he was still very effective. It was just, it wasn't the same ETN who was breaking out like this 80 yard touchdown run and just blowing the brakes off everybody. Yeah. Um, Columbus had 34 yards of total rush yards mm-hmm. is what it says. So good wow. for Notre Dame. That, I think that's, Notre Dame had a plan of like, take the runaway, our safeties and corners, just keep everything in front of you. Yep. We don't, we're not going to give something deep and, and we'll be fine. But, and people were saying this, you know, I know we need to wrap this up because we got stuff to do, but no, all- you and I were talking before this. People are going to say, oh, it's because, uh, uh, who's the quarterback? Oh, Trevor Lawrence is out. God bless it. This is why I'm unprofessional. Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing, so this doesn't count. And I said, well, hold on a second. I can't pronounce the guy's name. DJ. I should say DJ. He had 439 passing yards and two touchdowns. What more do you want? Like, yeah. That wasn't because of Trevor Lawrence that they lost. Transfer to Illinois if Clemson doesn't want that kind of a stat line. Like, And like we talked about earlier, I think it's more the, the – um, the headiness of Trevor Lawrence than it is the stat line. Maybe, you know, after they take that sack and the double overtime, you know, you know, they Clemson got right back up to the line and ran another play like really fast. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, well, this is kind of wild. And then they get sacked again. And it's like, or either that or he threw the ball away. I can't remember what happened because he got sacked twice in that last four down sequence. Yeah. He got sacked two times in a row. Yeah, 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 so first and second down. And it was just kind of like Trevor Lawrence could maybe get up and, like, recoup mentally. But, you know, you got a freshman back there. I don't know if after the first sack maybe you call a timeout because you're going getting ready to go to another overtime if you score and just settle everybody down and really, like, gather your marbles and, like, think, like, okay, this is what we need to do. Not to the point of overthinking, but, like, at the same time, I felt like they rushed up the line, then they got sacked again, and then the pressure was just on. You know, Notre Dame was dictating how that second overtime went with their defense that was bend not break. And then all of a sudden they bring some heat, and 
you know, you could have settled down your offensive line, settled down your freshman quarterback, which, by the way, Kip throws probably one of the best RPO balls I've ever seen. Um, he throws that thing at like 300 miles an hour. Like, seriously, the camera has a hard time picking it up. No, uh, his mechanics on a play action RPO to flip his hips and get it out as quickly as possible is just like, I know you were talking about they weren't really recruiting him. They were recruiting somebody else and they got him. How do they find a kid like this? Like, in my mind, if you hear Trevor Lawrence isn't playing, Clemson has no shot. Yes. Is what I'm thinking. And it was showing that way against Boston College. And then this kid, and then I told Brad this last week, and you might have been sitting there. I said, now Notre Dame has film on this kid. So Notre Dame has a better shot to win because they have film and see how he does it. Right. Um, it didn't matter. They had film and he still got his numbers. They still scored. Um, and then at the last, in the overtime, like you said, they got cute with play call and they, they motioned the running back out to get in that quad star formation, fake the screen to try to get a deep ball. Well, you turn and fake that and churn because Clemson has a young offensive line too. People forget that. Like it's a younger offensive line than they're used to. And so you get that sack. And you're right. They ran up another play in like 15 seconds. They were like, oh, we got to. It was immediately they were right back up. And I was like, why are we doing this right now? Like, I I was really wondering, like, because you want to be able to get half of what you just like, you want to be able to get back what you just lost. Right. And so I don't think that speeding it up in that sequence was the right thing to do. Like, I, I think I'm gathering my marbles and making what I think is the best play call instead of just hurry up and not saying they didn't make a great play call. You know what I'm saying? But like, I would have thought it through a little bit more, talked with my guys up in the booth. Okay. They're probably going to blitz us again. Cause they just sacked us. We're a little rattled. What can we do to counter this? Um, I think it was because in the first overtime they scored in one play. So they were probably like, Oh, let's try this again. Yeah. Um, and then, and then in the opposite, look at Notre Dame. When they when they had the ball twice on offense, they didn't look to score right away. They were going to run the ball. They were going to roll out. They were going to take their time and huddle up and calm down. And Notre Dame did a good job running the ball. Mm-hmm. They were very effective in running the ball, and I think that part of that's that offensive line they have. I mean, and no matter who their offensive line coach, like so they had that Harvey Hines, whatever his name was, that went to the Bears. And then, like, our Bears line didn't get better, and Notre Dame's offensive line is still the same. So, like, Notre Dame just must get unbelievable recruits that are coachable and will play hard for anybody. Like, Well, and it's it's a veteran offensive line, too, so they all stay. They didn't go on the yeah. NFL. They stayed. And then one good thing about – I'm not a huge fan of Kelly. They can find tight ends. They recruit good tight ends to fit what yeah. they want to do. Um. And then you got a quarterback that's a three-year starter that can like that was the, another difference was Ian Book fumbled the ball there when he was gonna go score. Yeah. If that was a freshman, that might have been the game. Like he just fumbled the ball to go score, and now Clemson, the number one team in the nation. He didn't flinch. He came right back out there. They yep. ran the ball again. They did a little short passes and he was fine. Like he didn't flinch. Yep. Um and I think Notre Dame was just tired of losing to Clemson. I think they're just like, we. this is a team we lose to a lot, and we're just yeah. tired of it. Well, and it's also another thing. I think Notre Dame's been needing a win like this 
for a very long time. Like, think about it. Like, I mean, what, the last time they were in something like this was when they had uh, Manti Teo, right? I mean, that was a long time ago, like a game of this magnitude. Then before that, it was like the USC game, you know, with the Bush push and all that. So, like, and they've came out on the short side of things all throughout. So maybe this is like their one chance to be like, we finally did it. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It was kind of nice to see. Um, I like Clemson. I like Trevor Lawrence. I think Dabo's a heck of a dude. Um, but it's it's nice to see different players in the game. It's nice to see different players. And then I like how, and we'll get to this in just a minute, how this is gonna this is gonna really shake up the college football playoff now. And that's what I wanted. Yep. I didn't want to I think Alabama's gonna go undefeated. They have a clear path. And I think Clemson's gonna have a clear path. But I wanted to see Clemson lose just to shake it up, like, oh, Clemson now has a loss. Uh I want I really wanted we, that. We have, yeah, we, we have, have to have a discussion. Yeah. Um I was looking at Notre Dame's schedule. They play Boston College next. And so now it's going to be interesting to see, does Boston College be that trap thing? Like, Notre <laughs> Dame, you just came off your Super Bowl. You're probably yeah. hurting a little bit. Like, that was probably a tough game. <laughs> You're a physical hurting. game. It was, they were, the Florida-Georgia game was really physical. The Clemson-Notre Dame game was very physical. I mean, you could just hear the cracks on the field. Um, you didn't hear that in the Illinois game. No. Just so you know, just so you know, I just wanted to get one last stab in there before we start like closing this up. You know, <laughs> the cracks you heard from the Illinois game was us with our pissed off faces. Like, what the hell's going on? It was probably Indiana hitting Michigan so freaking hard that we could hear it over here. Is what was happening? I think probably. <laughs> or was Minnesota rowing the boat? We could probably hear that. Hear the oars clanking the canoe. Um, but Notre Dame plays Boston College. Then they play North Carolina, which could be interesting, but they're kind of all over the place. Yeah. Mac um, Jones is ready to play, though. I think, yeah, and then, yeah. then they play Syracuse, which I'm a Dino Babers fan, but Syracuse is – they have a lot of young players this year. They got rid of a three-year quarterback and a bunch of wide receivers. And um, then they play Wake Forest. So Notre Dame could go undefeated. And then they'll see Clemson and they see – the ACC championship game, I'm sure. Yep. Um, and that's where I think Clemson gets their revenge. Yep. Uh, and I think it'll be probably like, I don't think it'll be an overtime game because because that defensive coordinator at Clemson, Dabo, they'll have something figured out. They, excuse me. They won't be able to like, I don't know. I feel like they have more that they could do, whereas Notre Dame – they're pretty well tapped out after that game. How how creative can you get with that kind of personnel on the field? But I think they did an amazing job with it. Um, but, you know, unless you start, you know, unless they're going to take that that freshman that they have, that white, that tight end, that number 87, don't even remember what it was, he is a hell of a player. Like, unless they start, like, ISOing him on the outside against, like, a corner or something, like, I don't know how much more creative they can get. Yeah, I don't know. Um, part of me thinks it might be 
it'd be cool to see Notre Dame and Miami, but Clemson will get in, like since if since Clemson already beat Miami, I think it's going to be yeah Notre Dame and and Clemson again, and and then like we said well, at the beginning, it's going to shape it up. Does Clemson come out and just basically start a scorched earth where they just try and beat people by 50, 60 points, knowing that there's going to be a conversation? You know, I think I think so because if Trevor Lawrence comes back, well, when he when he's back, yeah, you're going to see. Who did he score all those touchdowns on? Wake Forest? No, Georgia Tech. You're going to see something like that. I think you're going to see they're going to get mad, and they're going to sit there, and Dabo's going to say, we need to score 40, 50, 60 points in between, and then get on a roll, and if Notre Dame goes undefeated and gets there, then like we, we have our shot again, and then – yep. And like you said, Clemson can do so much with their offense and change it. I think Notre Dame is like, this is who we are. We can't spread you out three by one all the whole game. We have to go with our tight ends. We have to run the ball. Well, because if you look, I mean, in the second half of that game, when they got that defensive uh, starter back, uh, Clemson did. Like You're looking at they had a field goal and a touchdown late to tie it to take it to overtime. They scored almost all their points in the first half. They scored 10 in the second. Yeah. Uh, so, it, clearly Clemson figured something out with that offense. They were just kind of shocked at first. And I think you had some younger guys playing. And they had like two or three true freshmen starting on defense. Not many teams can say that they took Notre Dame to the freaking wire in a battle of top five teams with three true freshmen on one side of the ball. Um, I also think it was the talent of Clemson was that was showing up. Like, Notre Dame has talent, but I think at the end of the day, Notre Dame looked a little tired, and then Clemson was still like, we're fresh. And then it came down to an overtime. That's when Notre Dame just kind of, like – sucked it out basically they're just like and that's why on, that's why on offense they were like if we if it takes us eight plays to score that's what it's going to take right yep we're not in any rush we're not going to sit here just because clemson scored in one play doesn't mean we have to score in one play yeah and i and i think that was the right response to have to it as well you know what i mean like we're we're yeah. not going to change our identity because we're now flustered and i think Watching Notre Dame over the years, if this was a couple of years ago, they would try to score in one play. That's just what would have happened. Yeah. And I'm not the biggest fan of Kelly, but good for him. Like he's more hands off now. He was trying to call offense. He was trying to do this. Their offensive coordinator is 28 or 29, I think, for Notre Dame. Um, he played quarterback there and everything else. And so I think with Kelly being hands off now and like we're not seeing the red face Kelly, like he's just kind of like hands off. Um, I'm going to be the CEO. I'm going to manage it. I'm just going to motivate or do whatever. And so I think he probably told that guy like, Hey, we don't need to score right now. We can take as much time as we want to score. Um, but it's gonna shape up. then you're not worried about dialing up the perfect play. You're worried about dialing up a play that gets you four yards. And that's a, that's a heck of a lot easier to do. Right. They would rather, Nickel and dime, and if it's 
third and three, that's a better situation for them and saying like, oh my gosh, it's third and 15 now. Yeah. Like when it was four and 24, I was like, Clemson's not winning. I saw how Notre Dame was lined up. I was like, there's no way. And it's coaching. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about Illinois, not running to the sticks on their routes. Yeah. Notre Dame's defense did the right thing. They had the three guys behind the sticks and the rest were right at them. And they're like, keep everything in front. And Clemson's yeah. wide receivers, I know they did a short pass, but if you watch the rest, they ran to the sticks. Yep. They knew where they had to go. And so it's frustrating I'm, when they can do that. I'm surprised they didn't just throw up like a lob ball in the end zone. You know what I mean? Like, because let's be honest. Fourth and 24, it was only a three-man rush, so you're going to have time for guys to get down there. I think you got a better chance in a batted ball opportunity catching it in the end zone than what you do trying to catch it at those sticks. Yeah, I was waiting for a Hail Mary or, like, even throwing it at the sticks and tipping it to somebody real quick or, like, batting it down, they grab and go, like. Yeah. And you know they practice that. Like, it's a thing they're going to practice. and Yeah. I don't know, but it does shape up the college football playoff because you have Alabama that's going to go undefeated probably. You're going to have uh, Texas A&M sitting there probably with one loss to Alabama. Florida's going to have probably, and it depends on who's the SEC championship game. It might be Alabama-Florida, or it might be Alabama-Texas a Well, I don't even know because Texas A&M lost to Alabama. Florida lost to Texas A&M. Georgia has a two-loss. Yeah, so I'd say that they're probably out. But then you look at Notre Dame beat Clemson, but then they could possibly see each other in the ACC championship game. And so one they could both be one-loss teams. You know, Clemson be one loss. You know, what would be great is here in a couple of weeks if Indiana can knock off Ohio State, there's your one-loss team, you know, like – it's or Maryland be... not Ohio State this week. Who knows? Like, I mean, it's it's really like things are open, and some guys are taking some risks, and it's paying off. You know, it's going to be what it was a few years ago before the playoff. Like we did the playoff to avoid this, and yeah. now look what's about to happen. See, that's that's why I'm saying you should just do conference schedules, and then have a broader playoff you need to have a bracket i think so too because let's let's be honest here we watch illinois beat up on cream puffs and then all of a sudden we squeak in at six and six because we defeated a one double a school and a couple of low level like division one schools um when in reality like illinois this year is looking at possibly one win if not zero wins you know and so I think it eliminates a lot of those useless – I don't know. I hate to call them useless bowl games, but useless bowl games. Like we get to watch quality championship football instead of the Red Box Bowl where you can get your movie and watch a game all at the same time. Because uh, after halftime, even the Californians knew like, oh, Illinois is not very good. They knew right away. They're like, oh, this is what they deal with. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it'll be interesting because then does Notre Dame get knocked out because they lost to Clemson? But they beat Clemson too. Right. I think it depends on how they lose. If they get 
embarrassed, then I would say, yeah, they would be out. But if it's another tight game at a neutral site with a full strength Clemson, do they say, you know what? You split it 1-1 and they had Lawrence this time and you kept it really close. If it goes to overtime, I think Notre Dame's automatically in. I think they would be in as your one loss. So that's where it's interesting. It's Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. Then who do you go with after that? Like it's if BYU you know undefeated. What? If BYU would not get in, then what's the point of having this system? Because we passed on Boise how many years? And watched them go and beat an Oklahoma in the in the uh what was that? The Fiesta Bowl. That Fiesta Bowl was just insane. I'll still remember that to this day. The Statue of Liberty play, the the hook and ladder on like fourth and twenty something. Like that's a game that you never forget. So like we've literally set this up to let one of those teams have a better chance. And if we don't do that, if we don't do it this year, then it ain't ever gonna happen. Because BYU's got the quarterback, they've got a little market value there. Right. Because they have a quarterback that's projected to be a top a first round pick, you know, like. They're more marketable than a Boise State who really had a bunch of like nobody like they they had like nobody. Right. And then <laughs> what was it? Uh, UCF a couple years ago, won 20, uh, 20 some straight games. <clears throat> yeah. 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 I mean, no, it, I... And so that's the thing is like. We went to this system to allow an undefeated smaller school to get in there. So why not let him get in there? It's only one of the four teams. I don't know. We could do a whole another podcast on that because it's and to make it more interesting, what if Alabama, I don't see it happen, what if they slip up against Auburn? Yeah. Yeah, because Auburn's their kind of their thing, you know. I and and you wonder what that would be really interesting. We just have a bunch of one loss teams, and we got to try and figure out through the mess. Well, like, and then it depends on who goes to the SEC championship game. It's going to be Alabama, probably. But yeah. is it Alabama, Florida? Is it Alabama, whoever? And depends on what happens there. Yep. And then Coastal Carolina should not be in there, but if they are undefeated, somebody's going to say, "Well, wait a minute." Well, they're going to end up at like the uh, – they'll end up at one of the big bowl games that isn't the national championship. Just because you mentioned them and I had no clue that they were doing that well. They're 15th in the nation? Yeah, yeah. I, I looked it up, yeah. 15th. Um. Oh, I've been following it. Um, and then, like we said at the beginning, what if Ohio State doesn't get to play a game because of COVID? Because of them or because of another team. So they're seven and zero instead of eight and zero. But you have these other teams that played more games, but they're going to say, "Well, Ohio State's undefeated." But then you could say, "Well, Ohio State didn't play as many games." Yeah. Or if Ohio State can't play COVID to play one of the bigger teams they need to play, if they can't play against Michigan, or they can't play against Indiana, or they can't play against Maryland, like if if something was to happen, which heaven forbid. But if they couldn't play one of those three, I think it lessens their case. You know, if you miss a game against Illinois, 
that don't hurt you. No. But if you miss a game against somebody who's going to challenge you, yeah, I think that that can alter your course. I still think they would be in, but I think there would be pretty big discussions. Yeah. And then um, here's another thing to think. Like, do they set up this bowl season to where, like, because you can't have one of the four teams in the college football playoff go out with COVID. So do they say you're the fifth team in and you need to be ready to be able to step up and play in the semifinal game? Like, do they tell a fifth and a sixth team possibly? Maybe, but then does that team that's the fifth not go play in a bowl game? Like, so let's say that fifth team that would have been in is going to go play in a bowl game, but you guys have to be on call if we call you up. I think you keep the, the next two teams, whoever that is, and they play each other in a bowl game. And if one of them's got to go, then I guess I don't even know how that would work. I would rather be the option to be in in case something was to happen with one of these teams. And I guess that also depends with like the COVID trends, right? But like, I would much rather be the team that's like, I know if something happens with COVID, like I'm in and I get to play like the next best team that could go in than play in the Red Box Bowl, just personally. Well, the way to solve this is to have a playoff like you said, or I told you before, like what FCS does with you play nine games, ten games, if that, have a playoff where you travel there, and one of those two is a lot better than what's going on now. Yep. And then you get to play different teams, so like – a Coastal Carolina gets in, they're going to go play Notre Dame. Like, that would never happen. But for Coastal Carolina in that moment, or if they're undefeated and they get a home game, or yeah. BYU. Imagine or, Alabama having to go to, like, a Coastal Carolina. Like, that would be just insane. They would never – Nick Saban would never allow it. But Nick Saban would be like, I'm going to buy the school just so I don't have to go. Like, I own the school. Like, I don't want it. I don't want to go there. But could you imagine? I mean, that would just be – and, and how much attention and how much money that would bring to smaller schools. Probably be bring way more money than some BS.com bowl. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't even know who would play Coastal Carolina, but could you imagine, like, an, L, like, an LSU wouldn't make it. I don't even know. Um, let's say Kentucky squeaked in for some reason. Could you imagine Kentucky going to Coastal Carolina and Coastal Carolina would be like, oh, my goodness. And how much money Coastal Carolina would get? What they would have people travel there to watch. They'd probably shut down whatever community they're in. They would shut it down. ESPN like, College Game Day would be there because it's Coastal Carolina. You know what I mean? Like they would do it right. I think that would be way more exciting. And then you're going to steal the March Madness bracket. Could you imagine having a college football bracket and people filling that out and? And doing all that, like that's going to bring so much more attention. And then, and then once you get to the final four or even the elite eight, I don't care. That's where your big bowls start to happen. Like, okay, now we're going to go to the Rose Bowl. Now we're going to do the Orange Bowl. Like something. Yeah, when you final four games, so your semifinals, those can be your major bowl games. And there's nothing missed there. You know, like we had talked about. If you have a 16-team bracket, eight on each side, you can have each of those sponsored. And instead of decking out some neutral site, they just have to go to a college 
and pay for people to go there to set it up for Redbox or whatever. You know what I mean? And, but I think it would give a true home field advantage. I think that would be exciting. I think if, you know, um, say like an Indiana made it, like I would drive to Bloomington, Indiana to go watch playoff football, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it also is a challenge on the coaches as well because it isn't like this like determined schedule where you get a month to prepare for it. Like it's literally like, okay, this week we got to play this and, you know, kind of like high school football. I mean, that's what high school football is a lot, a lot more fun. Like there's people who only watch high school football. Um, and I think that that would be fun just from a game preparedness standpoint. Yeah. And then it gives you an opportunity to go play a team you don't normally play possibly yeah. like uh i know travel is one thing but like there's some team you've never played before i haven't played since the 80s or the 70s like oh we get to play them for the first time in a decade or two and yeah um it'll put the coaching to the test like now you're gonna play this team you don't normally play every year let's see your coaching how are you gonna do that and i think you'll have some exciting games you know because some teams some of those lower teams those at larges like an at large that goes undefeated they're not going to sit there and just, okay, this is what we do. You know, you're going to see some stuff to try and win the game, to pull off an upset. I think that that just adds more excitement to it. Yeah, we just solved it for them. They need to pay us to be anal or uh, advisors of college football. I might just sit down this week while we're doing remote learning and uh, draw that up and see what that looks like. Yeah, maybe we, we get to be trained on using technology for remote learning teachers. So maybe that's what I'll do instead. Maybe I don't want to. <laughs> we'll just solve the issue. Yeah, well, they're telling me to set up a Zoom for the projector. I'm going to be writing down Notre Dame <laughs> versus Alabama. Like, what would that look like? Oh, that's Coastal Carolina versus BYU. Yeah, that'd be really cool. All right, so what games are we looking at for this week? I wrote a lot down, but we have to watch Illinois – We'll watch the first quarter of Illinois Rutgers. <laughs> you know, I'm part of me didn't want to write that down, but like we have to. Yeah, I'm most definitely watching. Uh, I might even watch. So if Illinois plays at 11 o'clock, I'm definitely watching the Indiana and Michigan State game. And then you've got uh, Maryland and Ohio State. It's actually a good week for the Big Ten. That yeah, Maryland, State, Maryland, yep. Um, yeah. I think Wisconsin and Michigan's another good one if they can play. If Wisconsin can play, yeah. Um, like I said, it's a good week for the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, there's not I a lot of other good ones. I mean. Alabama, LSU. I, it'll be interesting to see if LSU coming out of the bye, like if they're – because they had a bye week this week, right? They didn't yep. play. So did Alabama. Yeah. So, I mean, just be interesting to see if LSU comes out with anything. I know you're going to watch the Mississippi State game against Auburn. So. Yeah, I have to peek at that because Mississippi State played their backup quarterback. Oh, Really? And then he didn't play Costello, so I think I told Brad this from the get go. If you guys, anybody know Mike Leach? He's Phil Jackson. He he tries to give time and give a struggling quarterback some time. 
And then after a few games, right. if he don't if he doesn't have it, that's when he'll pull him. Say, all right, I'm done. You had your opportunity. I'm done. Uh, so BYU yeah, does not play this coming week. Oh, I thought they did. Oh, or is this their me? day off? Is this their week off? I think so, yeah. Because it doesn't the only Friday game is East Carolina and Cincinnati for the top ten. So see, or the top twenty five. I didn't even see. Yeah. It's a good week for the Big Ten, not so for everybody else. I mean, I don't really see any other matchups that I'm gonna tune into. No, there's not really Week 11 is a little softer, but I mean, we get football on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, Iowa, yeah, Big Ten's looking good. Iowa, Minnesota would be interesting on Friday to glance. I mean, that's not what I might talk about, but I might glance at it. Right. Yep. Well, because it's football on a Friday night, and what else do we got to do? <laughs> um, then you got the toilet bowl. Of Illinois, Rutgers, and Penn State, Nebraska. You got two toilet bowls. Yeah, so this is the the bracket, the the toilet of champions. Um, yeah, not a lot. Of, I think next week will be better. You're going to see more matchups next week. Yeah. Uh, well, but this, yeah, so this kind of allows us to watch that Maryland Ohio State game. I think that'll be interesting, man. Maryland coming off of that big win. Yeah, and they have Tua's brother as a quarterback there, and yeah, but yeah, like think... next week, next week's uh, Indiana and Ohio State. So that's not this, not not week eleven, but week twelve. That's the one that. Yeah. And I think it's at Ohio State. Yep. Even better. And, but no fans though, so Indiana right. without. So, all right. Well, Brad ghosted us. So if he listens to this, he ghosted us. Well, he's got to listen to it to catch up because, I mean, there was a lot of quality conversation. We didn't veer off too much this time. No, we just steered off on the topic. Yeah, yeah, which is what we're supposed to do in a podcast. Is that what you do? <laughs> I think. I think that's what happens. Unless you're Alex Jones and you're on DMT and then he starts seeing, like, aliens and stuff. You just kind of drift out into nowhere. But I'm on the second one of that, and oh. I had to take a break. <laughs> and it's not on Spotify. They took his stuff off of Spotify. You cannot find. What? So, because so at school I'll have it up on. No, no, at home sometimes I'll have it up on YouTube. Uh huh. And then if I'm driving or going to school, I'm like, okay, where did I leave off on YouTube? Let me go to Spotify and find it. And it was not on there. It skips that. It's not on there. They took it off because of all the controversial stuff. <laughs> But that's why they gave Joe Joe Rogan what nine figure or what they give him for that a hundred million dollars. Yeah, nine figures. That's where we need to get to. Well, before he got Spotify, he was making like thirty million just off of it by himself. Right. Because he had like nine million views a month. Mm-hmm. And then YouTube, I, that's just from his podcast. I don't know what YouTube was paying him because he has 11 million subscribers. That Alex Jones one I'm watching has 24 million views. Yeah. 
Well, and that's the thing is, is that he just got sick of being censored, you know? Yeah, and then I just thought that was interesting. So now I have to watch it on YouTube. <laughs> I'm like almost two hours in of the four hours, and I'm like, I need to take a break. I can't keep up with – and it's so funny to see Joe. Now, hold on, hold on. I'm talking. Now, hold on a second. Like, it's my turn. Now, hold on. Let me tell you something, Joe Rogan. We have these lizard people. Okay. <laughs> or like, how about the part? He's like, well, my dad knew all these years ago. Let me tell you what my dad told me. My dad told me this. And then 20 years later, this happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, is like, yeah, we can, we're veering off, Steve. We got to hone back in. <laughs> all right. Well, Brad, you need to listen to catch up. Uh, Nathan is the co-host of a co-host. Or I don't know what you want to call it. We can be a tri-host, co-host. Uh, I can a tripod. The pretty guy that you like call in if Brad goes to you. I don't know. You're Jamie. You're young Jamie. You're you're one viewer. <laughs> you're my one viewer. That's now I have no viewers. <laughs> don't worry, I'll get on that. I'll start handing out extra credit before finals. <laughs> you just need to pull up on your phone and be like, oh, I'm watching. I'm also on it, but I'm watching. Like it's there. Yeah. People watch this later. I think it's because it's NFL and they I look at it. They watch it later. Oh, nice! I mean, there you go. We're we're starting to we're starting to get popular. I think honestly, I think the the best one we could have is like, uh, because people are all about this sports performance and like alternative stuff. Like, you get me and Brad rolling and questioning one another, and like you kind of like button in and asking questions because you're kind of like the outside looking in. So like you can ask nutrition questions that I wouldn't think of and speed things that I wouldn't think of, like that would actually be really good. Like I don't, and, and people are all about that right now. Like I know most of the stuff I listen to is sports performance other than you. Well, and even if he has somebody that I care to listen to. If Brad, if we can get, if Brad listens, I'm not talking bad about you, Brad, but if we can get a time where you're not working, cause he works all the time. I'll say this one day he goes, I have to be working at four in the morning. He, one of our shows that we did, he worked at four in the morning Got home at like 9.30, and we hopped on at like 10.30. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, when you start to put those letters after your name, you get you have to work more. He is trying to go back to a normal life of no weekends. and uh, But, yeah, if we can ever sit down, I'll have to use Zoom for that. Like, we're just yeah. going to sit on Zoom for three hours. Be so, perfect. So, anybody that listens, thank you. Thank you, Nathan, for joining. So, I didn't do this by myself. Yes. It would have been a 30 minute episode or I just would have went on a tangent about Illinois and talked to myself and <laughs> grabbed an adult beverage at noon and no problem. Now I got to go to the bears playing right now. So I have to go watch that debacle for 10 minutes while I get Christmas decorations out of the attic. It was three, nothing Tennessee. The last time I saw it. Okay. 10, nothing Tennessee now. Oh, okay. All I need him to do is get Mooney up for a long score, and I'll be okay. Yeah, I think I stayed away from betting on this one. Yeah. Well, I just need him just for DraftKings, just because he was $3,800, and he seems like he's the number one receiver in Chicago. So, My FanDuel, my FanDuel I went to the Kansas City Chiefs game and did that one. Ah. Uh, they give you a $10 parlay where – you take $10 for one game, pick whatever you want. So like 
Patrick Mahomes is going to be over or under or whatever. And if you lose, they give you the 10 back. Oh. But you only pick one game. So you have to pick. So, like, I know Patrick Mahomes is going to do this. I know so-and-so is going to score. But. Yeah. So that's why I do FanDuel. All right, man. Well, we will uh, catch you on the flip side. Yep. Everybody that listened, thank you so much. Wear your freaking masks so we can go back to normal. And stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.